Oh, and we're back with uh, oh, the first of our top best of the 2015 lists. Lists podcasts. Um, Four of them coming. Yes, it's a crazy yeah. amount. But that's the po- that's the point of the Joy of Geek is yep. we want to cover everything, and we consider doing some push together episodes, TV and film together, uh, but. You know, they're each their own topic. They, they're they're the real, four pillars of our pop culture they, entertainment. They really are. When you talk about media, it's pretty hard to... to and, and especially, you know, TV always used to be kind of like... Uh, this one, by the way, is going to be our TV episode. And, you know, TV has always been kind of like, you know... I don't know, especially in, in critical circles, not not considered as legitimate or as... I wouldn't say that anymore, though. No, no, no. Has always been in the yeah. past. In the past. The last ten years, though, that changed. Peak TV, like a, as they say. Like I, say I say the new golden age of television. Oh, very much so. And you gotta put that new in there, because everyone will be like, what about the Cosby show? Actually, bad example. <laughs> oh, <wow>. But things <laughs> like that. to a great start. Oh, wow. Now, I, I, did purpose. Purpose. I did just that on purpose. I did that on purpose. I had to be as current as I could be and just get that little Cosby reference uh, in there. Speaking of which, uh, Inside Amy Schumer, how good was that... Uh, did you guys see that skit about Cosby where she's giving pudding pops to the jury oh, to get him off? Oh, oh no, I didn't see It was see great. That. It was great. Amy Schumer's really funny. All right. Uh, yet just another show. There are so many areas. I know, another show, show that I did. I know, that, exactly. That's, just, that's an, a category I didn't even think about when I was putting through my list. But anyway, so uh, the way we're going to structure this uh, this episode. And, who oh, are we, by the way? Yeah, that's a good point. <laughs> who who are are I don't know. Who are we? Uh, because this is a, this is a packed house. Who are you? Yeah, we have, a, we have four people in, all of which have uh, varying tastes. Uh, and I've uh, seen a lot of shows. Together, the four of us seen a lot of freaking TV. Also, Landmark, the first time all four regular hosts of the show, the new yeah. the new Woo! birth of the show, are That's here true. together. That's true. This is the Joy of Geek crew officially right here. Uh, uh, so who, that, who do we have? That, comp- that is composed of Rich Lapore, Jordan Alseca. Kevin Schaefer. Kelsey Lair. And uh, yeah, yeah, that's it. So anyway, what I was saying, the structure of this episode, we are going to each pick our top three TV shows, and man, is that tough. Uh, yes. Jordan was just showing me AV Club has a top 40. And then they have another uh, post that's like, the shows that didn't make the top 40. I mean, like, they don't mess around. Well, and I was just saying right before we started this, like, especially with Netflix and all these streaming services, oh, yeah. they're popping out shows every week. And, D- it, and, it's a, and it's a great opportunity for writers and producers, but... As a viewer, it's just impossible to consume everything. Well, and what happens yeah. is, if for the very first time, the last couple of years, there's been such an embarrassment of riches that I literally inst- have the problem of not being able to watch shows that I really want to watch. Sure, sure. And so, like, in the past, it was always like, and, 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 and it feels foreign to me, because in the past, it was always like, well, if I want to see that show, I'm going to watch it. Uh-huh, and that uh-huh. was possible. Oh, yeah, no, definitely. And now it's like, there are literally shows that could be my favorite shows tonight that I haven't seen. So sure. I can't tell you. I mean... Sure. Just, like, when you look at the AV Club's list of 40, and Daredevil and Bob's Burgers are holding up the end of that list, you know it's a good time in television. Yeah, I mean, that's insane. Those shows are freaking lauded. Yeah. Uh, and on those and on that site, in fact. Very, very lauded. Mm-hmm. Um, but anyway, so we're going to do our top three. Um, I think we're going to do it in, in the uh, following order. Jordan? Uh, we'll do our three uh, round circle, then we'll do our two. We'll do honorable mentions, and then, of course, our Four favorite shows of the year, one from each of us. Uh, before that, we'll have a, like this discussion in general, just sort of looking at TV, because it's such a broad field. I mean, next year, who knows, maybe we'll do a bit more specific categorying for TV, just because it is so broad. Yeah, that, yeah. The film film is so easy to... Not, not, so to, not to dismiss film. There's so many fewer. There are fewer films. Oh, yeah, no, there's... Um, fewer good films. Yeah, like, fewer there's good so good, much yeah, good there TV. There may be as many films as there are TV series, maybe total. Yeah. But... Yeah, there's about... 75% of those you just can wipe right away yeah, and not yeah, worry about like San that. Andreas I mean, I mean oh, and that's the weird thing I was actually wow we'll talk about that movie podcast anyway. yeah we're gonna be doing that one right yeah, after well. this uh, we'll be recording that then uh, 
it'll be we'll be back with myself, Rich, and Kelsey for our top the Joy of Gaming Tradition Game of the Year episode. Uh, that's be still exciting. going. That it one is. will be as robust as ever. So if you are a fan of the original show, we got all the categories lined up. We're gonna have a good old time recording that, and then probably the following week, but pretty soon after that episode comes out. Kevin, Rich, and I will be back to do comics and have a conversation about that. I got that. a lot, speaking of catching um, up, I got a lot of catching up to do on that. I got some uh, Kevin's Paper Girls to read, yes. um, et cetera. So, and so, yeah, we're going to go with TV first. All right. Awesome. Let's well, uh, let's uh, let's go with, have you ever talked about TV on the show before you have at some point, right? Uh, no, I haven't. I've only ever been on the Joy of Gaming podcast. Okay. So I've never talked about anything besides gaming. Okay, well then let's start with the two people that are new to talking about TV on the podcast. Let's go Kelsey, you, and we'll go around in this order, and then unless you want to go last. Oh, no, we can, yeah, we'll take, we can take turns. We'll figure it out. This okay. will be a little less. Right, well, like let's fair. start that way. Um, oh wait, well first we were going to... Yeah, just a general, general, general discussion. Yeah. So uh, Jordan, Kelsey, uh, Kevin, what did you think of this year in television? There are so many thoughts. I <laughs> know! Too many thoughts to contain, there's, really. There's like, you know, it, I think that perfectly describes the amount of television there is, though. It's just almost too much. Like, you could honestly spend an entire day just watching all of these TV shows and, like, never leave your house, never leave your room. Because yeah. there's just that much good TV that's You're out of school right now. I think you pretty much do do that stuff That is what like I do. That. Yes. Uh, you, you will see this based on my list, um, both in the world of late-night television and scripted TV. I think it was a golden year for comedy in television. And so pretty much the bulk of shows I'm going to be discussing here are comedies. I mean, um, I think between Netflix originals and network TV and late night shows, I just, I loved it. Well, getting to that, I think if nothing else to me, 2015 really is the year where Netflix officially took they, over. Yeah, that's what I, wanted, I was going to say because yeah. Netflix just was churning out a they've, show. Oh, they've had a few week. good a few good years. I mean, they've been building up House of Cards. But I remember yeah. even just three years ago, it was like, well, they got House of Cards. It was they, like three. It was, it was like three. And Little Hammer. They oh, had yeah, Little Hammer. Yeah. No, what I mean is like there were no, like three, three, three series. No, no, but I mean in general, like there were probably five series all year sure. that were new and then three of which anybody really cared about and then a couple fringy ones. And Very that was pretty much it. Now it's, 12 at least it's, and that's and just so, adult shows yeah it's and so that's varied that everyone is talking about not right. just like that's not counting the netflix kids shows yeah all, oh do you like how to train your dragon well there's not one but this month is going to be the second season yeah. of a whole season of how to train your dragon shit you've got the originals you've got the countless revivals that they've had this year yeah. Oh, yeah, with summer Longmire, with bob and david the killing a couple years ago i mean yeah they're, so much... they're great at reviving they've got um, they just they have so much, and where it was, yeah, they had something new almost every week. Yeah, uh, they, and now this year was small compared to the fact that they are apparently doubling that number for 2016, yeah, like which is insane. Said 15 shows that they have for originals, Netflix originals, 15. I, that's mind blowing. I mean, it's 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 insane, and uh, and then that we're not even including. I mean, Netflix is definitely the top dog in this category at least right now. We're not even including Amazon, which had a huge year with some shows yeah. that I didn't actually get to watch. I've seen some of the first season of Transparent. I didn't get to tap into year two this year yet. They've got Man in the High Castle, which yeah. I hear nothing but raves about. Yeah. Haven't gotten to it yet. Um, they have that show. Um, Dif- difficult people, or is that Hulu? That's Hulu. That's Hulu. Hulu is difficult people. Okay, but that's freaking good. Yeah. I mean, there's especially comedy wise. There's so many. There's there's a new one called Casual. People are talking mm-hmm. about a lot. 
um, catastrophe. I don't really know what that is. Yeah. I mean, there's just so many from these other sources too. So you have Amazon and you have Hulu holding up the not rear, really. They're holding up the midsection, man, because they get some great content there as well. And much of which I want to get to. I feel I feel bad for Hulu. They're like the 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 youngest brother, the the you know of yeah. streaming sites. I feel but just not because in a way only in only a way in original content in original. No, obviously they have a huge for... number of of. They're the current source. You're gonna go there for the current stuff. But uh, I always find it funny. Amazon's, I think. The pro- Hulu hasn't had its hit yet. They haven't yeah. had like the the killer yeah. app. If this it's were true. a gaming show, it's true. Uh, you know, transparent blew it up for Amazon, and now yep. I think they get yep. a little more legitimacy from that. Um, Netflix, though, to, the thing that's crazy is they just don't end shows. It's like what what's really ended other than the revivals and then maybe Jessica Jones, Hemlock Grove. Hasn't yeah, that hasn't announced. been renewed officially yet. Um, but even then, her character is gonna be. Yeah, there'll characters. be more. Sure, sure, yeah. sure. It's it's hard. It's weird. Just just the fact that there are so much Marvel coming. Obviously, Luke That's Cage is this of, year. Yeah. Um, yeah. But no, and you know what else is important to note though is that network TV is not as dead as everyone has been. Like, there's been this cry of it's been going for years. You know, cable was supposed to kill network television. Yeah. Streaming was supposed to kill network television. But network television had a lot of good shows this year. You know, or at least big shows that proved there was still a market. Shows like The Blacklist are still going strong. Yeah. Empire was a freakish anomaly. Oh, I forgot about Empire. Yeah, it shows a monumental hit. Uh, I watch a gained ton of viewers every week. That doesn't happen. <laughs> no, it does not. There's a number of procedurals that I watch that are still doing well. Uh, Elementary is a good example. Castle is a good example. Um, these are shows that won't make my list, but damn, I love them. Um, just really good popcorn television. And I would say it's yeah. still the place to go for comedy in a lot of ways. You know, you're going to get more sitcoms on network television. Now there are a lot of prestige and you know special comedies. And but Netflix if you want and- sheer content, uh, content. Like a quantity of, of, of pretty good to great comedy, it's network. Yeah, at this point, Netflix really Grindr only has a couple. Grandfather and freaking uh, Dr. Ken, which I heard maligned. It was on a lot of worst lists this year, which made me happy. Because I saw that shit get renewed or at least like topped up. And I was like, I almost had a heart attack. I yeah. was just like, oh my god, Dr. Ken, really? Yeah, I didn't have and to Does the world again. just lose all taste, you know? Anyway. As, as uh, superhero fans, obviously, uh, while, while Daredevil and Jessica Jones are probably the critical hits... There's no denying that if you want a lot of superhero TV, you go to Network. Yeah. Flash, yeah, yeah, Arrow, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., Agent sure. Carter. Sure. Yeah. Coming next year, Damage Control has a pilot order. Marvel's Most Wanted has a uh, pilot order. What's I mean, Damage Control? Time. I know Marvel's Most Wanted. Uh, Damage Control is a show about the crew. Damage Control is the crew in the Marvel Universe who goes around and cleans up after superhero fights. Huh. And they have it's... a comedy, half-hour comedy set in the Marvel Universe. Called yeah. Damage Control. Yeah. Oh, that sounds... Interesting. You know, that sounds like, to me, a freaking tightrope to walk, dude. You gotta oh, yeah. That. That's just It'll gotta be, be yeah. right. That's yeah. like the challenge that Gallivan had. By the way, that's another that great got challenge. renewed. That got back. renewed. The premiere is on for the new season. It's getting decent reviews. I cannot believe that show didn't flop. That show had, like, flop written on it. But I Gallivan should have got flop written it's... on its head, yet it rocks. Uh-huh. I, I, you know, how does it do it? It's amazing. There's just so much talent out there in TV right now. And a lot of that comes from, like, the prestige that TV has gotten over the last five, ten years. Now you got guys like Billy Bob Thornton and Martin Freeman rolling up for a season of Fargo. Uh-huh. Plus the fact that there's anthology shows people can do. The schedules are a lot less restrictive, so really big stars can come on and do a season maybe get killed off, maybe get written off the show, maybe have it be an anthology season, you know, like Fargo is doing it. There's so many ways, or Lady Gaga on uh, American Horror Story, there's so many different ways for huge talent to go to TV, and that's just in front of the camera, behind the camera, all the stories we probably don't know. I mean, I try as much as I can to listen to the Nerdist Writers panel and hear all the story behind the shows, but, I mean, there's just, there's so much talent now in television, 
in front of and behind the ca- uh, camera and off to the side of the camera in the writing rooms. <laughs> Another thing worth noting about this year that I really appreciate and I think more and more people are coming around to because of network show or not network shows, uh, cable shows, is more networks are realizing the power of shorter seasons. Yes. Um, yeah. You look yes. at ABC yes. starting last year and moving into this year. Uh, they did the idea of okay, let's take our two big show, take our two big shows, Once and uh, Agents of Shield, or not their biggest shows, but two of their big shows, and go okay, we're gonna have a fall season and a spring season, all season, all one season of television, but we're gonna tell individual arcs, and we're gonna develop an even shorter show to put right in the middle of that with yeah. Agent Carter and Galavan. Then you have networks like Fox and the CW going, all right, we don't need to. We can have hits, but they don't have to get 22 episodes. iZombie has a 19-episode season. Gotham was originally a 16-episode season. Um, so they ha- they, they're they getting the idea of the season should be as long as the story it's telling, not we have to fill 24 or, hours or, of television. Or other other reasons of there's more content. That's another thing that's coming up is like when, they, when they're programming, they're starting to... You know, it used to be if you were going to run, run a show, there were only so many shows and, and there was a certain number of... You know, hours of television that had to be filled, and uh-huh. so if you're going to staff up a show and you're going to pay, you know, actors a salary, for, or even if it's by episode by episode, it's a lot more cost effective, at least in that era, to have one show that does five more episodes than to start a whole new show. Yeah, you know what I mean. So, so it made more sense, you know, financially. But now there's just so many shows, just by the nature of things, that you know they can afford to start making decisions. I've heard a lot of you know behind the scenes talk about you know the flexibility, and really a lot of it was habit. A lot of it was just the habit of 22 is a full season. If you don't get 22, it's a slap in the face. Uh-huh. Traditionally, you know, it's just was tradition. And so it, what it really took was a lot of the executives who make the final call on how many episodes it gets and where it, where it's going to, you know, play and sweeps and all those kind of decisions. Um, and they had to change their minds. And, and, you know, a lot of people are 50 and 60 years old and go back to MASH, you know. And so, you know, there's, there's a lot of, there was hearts and minds that had to be swayed. And it took somebody like Netflix or Amazon or, you know, all these players to come up and say, hey, look, dude, we have a 13-episode season and they're pretty freaking great. Yeah. Um, I think there used to just be the idea that, that Cable had 13-episode seasons for whatever reason, and that was a cable thing. But I think just the varied number of season links that you're seeing nowadays show that anything can work as long as it finds an audience. Sure. Um, That is is definitely true. How do you guys feel um, that, like... Do you think that the complexion is going to change in the years to come? Uh, in that, do you, do you think like market share is going to be taken away, or is there like from networks or, or and for and, and cable, or do you think there's room for all of it to continue to grow? I mean, is there a ceiling? I think the the thing Netflix and Amazon, uh, well, I guess not Hulu, but uh, Netflix yeah. and Amazon do is that they they're sort of their own money making machines, or certainly, well, Amazon gets so much money just from being what it is, a shipping service, and then Netflix gets a crazy amount of money a year from all of its many subscribers and has the money to keep churning into these things, they have much less of an ability to do product placement and ads. I mean, ads are still a big thing. They're going to go to cable and network, and I think that's going to help buoy them to a certain extent. Uh, And they still get bigger ratings. I mean, Netflix is notoriously tight on their numbers. Yeah. But even when they came out, I think they did release like a very Some small numbers. numbers. Yeah. They weren't like, you know, they they were they were sizable, but they were cable level. They weren't Well, yeah, well yeah, but they were yeah, yeah, they, they, some of them. And but but the thing about I mean, I only I only vaguely remember yeah, what I do you're well, talking yeah. about, but I think it was something to the effect of all they can see is how many people of their subscribers watched that show, but that doesn't mm-hmm. necessarily mean I mean, I'm sure they have really smart math guys mm-hmm. figuring out like what show brought them to the 
network, you know, mm-hmm. or what keeps them paying their dues. But a lot of these people are watching multiple things. Like, I'd oh, be, certainly. I'd be hard. But what I'm saying is figuring out what is really driving somebody to watch Netflix is a tough call. But knowing what it was is they, they, they re- what they released, obviously they know the number of hits each video gets. It's true. What they released was the number of people that continued watching after they watched the pilot, I believe. Okay. Or it was either good, that or how many people watched the first one. Okay. Um, oh, that would be a less good metric. But the but second if, metric is good. If they know that, you know, 10 million people kept watching Daredevil, they're going to renew Daredevil. I mean, th- it yeah. makes sense. Yeah. And I get I mean, I, I just want to know what's up with Jessica Jones. I'm really curious. What has it been a couple months? It's it's been yeah, about a month and a half. And Sensei has shown us that they're willing to wait a little longer sometimes. Uh then again, there's a lot of uh extenuating circumstances with that show like the fact that there's a you know, known to be a five season plan, and and you know, it's a it's an incredibly international I, show for filming. I'd there's be like five different directors for Sensei. It's crazy. Yeah, I'd be curious. See, that's a special case. Not to get too on a tangent, but I think yeah, with yeah. Marvel in general, it really is a matter of okay. We, we only have, have so shows? much room. Yeah. Are we going to have eight shows? I think they're fine having the shows. It's just they probably had an idea for what they were doing. I think with Daredevil, it was easier because there wasn't like a plan. Okay, we need this show by, you know. Uh, spring 2015. They knew kind of how often they wanted shows coming out where it was like, all right, just because at the end of the year, Luke Cage is next summer. Maybe Iron Fist was gearing up to be like early next year. And they're like, well, do we want two shows that close together? What are we trying to figure out? And it's not ready. It's notoriously, it's been stalled many times. They've just recently, they got a showrunner. They got a showrunner now. So so Iron Fist is moving ahead officially because a lot of the rumors were they were going to just ditch Iron Fist. Which they've come out and denied. Make a movie, right. But but nonetheless, people were like, you know, smoke, there's fire and this is what's going on. And, and they finally have a showrunner now. They also have hired a couple of the, I, I don't want to say supporting cast, other main cast members sure. other than Danny Rand. Yeah. Um, they do not have Danny Rand yet. Um, but I do know they're looking for a young actor, like 24. They're, yeah. they're, um, so, I wouldn't be surprised so if they're it's holding not going to be Ryan Phillippe. In their pocket. I know you were excited about that. Right? I know. I he's him still to be talking. Cat. That's the thing. He's ta- that, what the, that story was that he was talking with Marvel. I so wanted him to be He cat. could still have a role. I, when I interviewed Phillippe for MacGruber, of all things, but I actually interviewed him for Technician mm-hmm. back in the day. Sure. For MacGruber. I may have told you the story before, but... Um, and, it was, and I have other interesting Ryan Phillippe anecdotes from that experience, but the one I remember from that was one of the questions I asked, a little awkwardly, was, was right around the time when Cap was getting in, uh, uh, cast. Okay. And I was just like, so, what's up with Captain America? Is that happening? And he was just like, he had just heard like the, the day before that it wasn't happening. And he was just like, he was just like, yeah, that's not happening. And I felt so bad. I mean, that is, think about that. On one day, you find out if you're going to be the next Jennifer Lawrence or if you're going to be Obscure Man. You know what I mean? Like (laughs) That's literally the the, That's the the worst superhero to get cast as. Right? That is the difference. I'm holding up my hands in like an incredible like divergent V. That is the different ways it can go if you're a freaking Captain America or you're not. I mean, it's just crazy. Uh, anyway, I, I digress. Okay, yeah. So, as far as uh, any other major thoughts on TV as a whole, or are we good to get to our top? Threes? I think we're good. I think a lot of these are going to illuminate what we think. <clears throat> oh, yeah. certainly. Uh, so we will, as Rich was alluding, we'll start with Kevin or start with whoever Kelsey, Kevin, me, Rich for the first round, and see what happens. Bounce around after. from there, have fun. Who knows? Sounds good. All right, sounds Kelsey, good. what's your number three show My of 2015? Three show of 2015. This was so hard. I just like to point the like. I just no, start was it hard? Whoa, 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 wait, wait. So real quick hard. question: Was it hard? It was so hard. I think okay. you were the only one. The rest right. of us, we walked in, we just sort of Cake banged walk. it out. We were ready. Cake walk. Honestly, if you ask me tomorrow, I. Th- 
Well, actually, no. One of these, I see what you're saying. One is, of these shows would definitely still be on the list, but like I could honestly have a totally different list yeah. tomorrow. I know one of these shows, my number one show will always be my number one show, but my number three show is Daredevil. Awesome. I absolutely loved Daredevil. I was hoping, okay, the only thing I knew about Daredevil was the terrible movie <laughs> with uh, Ben Affleck. That was a lot of people. I'm sorry. That Both was, Daredevil yeah. and Ben Affleck have been trying to live that down for a long yes. time. They have yes. been. That was the only thing I knew about Daredevil. So, um, uh, Jordan was like, hey, you know, we should definitely watch this show. We should watch it all in one go. And I was just like, well, I only know Daredevil through Ben, ben Affleck. And that was terrible. I was like, I have to sit through 13 episodes of Daredevil. And then it got to the point where it was like, we need to keep, we do need to keep going. Keep going. I don't care what time it is. Like we broke four. Yeah, we broke once for dinner. And yeah, we finished up. The whole 13 hours of Daredevil hours. For, uh, by 4 in the morning. Yeah, by 4 in the morning. Uh, it was a great binge. It was, it was a great binge. It was a little range. intense. It was. But that show, like, hooks you from the beginning. Like, it's, and it's just so amazing. I am a, a sucker for really great fight choreography. And that oh, fight Oh, that scene, is, that show is, whew. Oh, yeah, no, that show is like. That hallway fight? That holy hallway shit. Fight. I think arguably that the only show that, that has a candle on it would be Into the Bandlands, which I don't yeah, think any of us watch. That whole yeah. show is fights. Yeah. And really sick ones, apparently, yeah. You yeah, know, apparently, which is, I would, well. You, you need to watch, it's only six episodes. Yeah, but I, I'm a sucker for really great fight choreography and just that hallway scene. I could watch that over and over I again. I could, too. I could I, watch it right now, in fact. I kind of feel like it. <laughs> I know, I do, too. I'm kind of like, let me pull up my phone. Let me watch it again. No, but I'm just... The sound design on it, too. The way everything clunks and crunks into the walls. I know, and how he gets so... so visceral. I love how injured he gets, and that might sound weird. No, no, But, no. like, in superhero movies, like, it, it never feels like they get... They kind of, like, bounce up, and it's pretty good. Yeah. But, like, Daredevil, like, he went through that struggle. He had that struggle that where he was like, I'm getting utterly, my like, my ass kicked. I have to go to, like, you know, night nurse and get her to fix me up and just... It was, I loved seeing that. I love gritty, dark TV, and so Daredevil was, like, the perfect, Daredevil's the perfect thing for me, and this, and, you know, he, um, the actor who plays uh, Matt Murdock, Charlie Cox, he was fantastic. Yes. I loved him in it, I, both as Matt Murdock and as Daredevil. Um, he had a great supporting cast in your guapo so. foggy bear. <laughs> was amazing. I loved Alden it. Henson. Uh, yeah, yes, that, yeah. Uh, Deborah Ann Wall, Vincent yes. D'Onofrio. Vincent D'Onofrio. And I was gonna ask, did you know anything about Kingpin coming in? Uh, like I did, because I watched the, um, Spider-Man. That's what, like, yeah, that's what I was thinking. Yeah, yeah the yeah, Spider-Man, sure. um, Cartoon? oh, the cartoons, the old yeah. anime series. So I knew sure. about him, and I was, I was waiting And the for Daredevil him. movie. And the Daredevil all movie. All the other things being equal, you had, um, uh, Ving? No, not Ving, it was, uh. Michael Clark Duncan. Yeah, Mark, yeah Michael Clark was, Duncan, um, who was very who I good. He was the only saving grace. He is yeah, dead now. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, but he was, he was the, the saving, saving grace. grace of that movie. Yeah. Um, so he he was great in it. What about yeah, Colin Farrell? Vincent Dinero. As a bullseye. <laughs> I, <no>. Why <laughs> do they always overstuff movies? Even then, they were overstuffing. Yeah. They only <laughs> needed Kingpin, but no. <laughs> Here's the thing. I would forget that Colin Farrell's in the movie until I see it again. I was like, oh my God, Colin Farrell's in this movie. While watching the movie? <laughs> With or? a big bullseye on his freaking head. Like, every season, they're like, oh my God, that's Colin Farrell. So, like, I don't know. I, for some reason, did not click that I was in there. So that's why Jordan brought it up. Because I was always like, oh my god, Colin Farrell's in the Daredevil movie. But anyways, no, Vincent D'Onofrio was great as Kingpin. I was, you know, hoping for the white suit. But they made a joke about it, and that was kind of funny. And, you know, but it's just, it was it was so good. I don't know. It's just, it was dark and gritty, and the fight scenes were fantastic. And everything about it was I, beautiful. I think the moment I realized that you liked it as much as you did was when I asked you to compare it to Jessica Jones, which I would have thought, um, just knowing you in general, that that would have been the one you'd prefer, that you would pick Daredevil over that, right? Yeah, I did. And, I, I mean, it's tough. Like, it's like basically being like, 
if I had two children, you're like, which child do you like the best? <laughs> like, I would be like, Damn. well, don't tell Jimmy. I mean, I have an I like, answer. I mean, I have an but... answer. But it, cover Jimmy's ears. It's just, <laughs> I'm sorry. Sorry, Matt. Or no, sorry, Jess. <laughs> sorry, Jess. I, I like I like Matt. Um, it's it's just because of how I, I like I like the fight choreography of it and everything about that. That's the, the only reason why Daredevil kind of eats out just because it, it has that for me. It's definitely, but that does not discount Jessica Jones as not being a fantastic TV series, sure. and that I loved it so much because it also was that sort of dark and gritty. And, and had David Tennant. And had David Tennant, who I was so confused. Wilson Fisk or Kilgrave. Wilson Wilson Fisk made me cry. So <laughs> he's sad. I liked the backstory episode they gave. On oh, I, so I, I haven't. Either. But watch the spoilers. I haven't seen all of it yet. I well, yeah, it, it just goes into some of the backstory. It's yeah. Awesome. For me, episode seven or so. Daredevil was on my short list, um, and I'm glad it was mentioned. That's another that, that helped. I knew it was going to be on your top three, so it helped that it wasn't going to be. In my top three, uh, I had a lot of shows again go back and forth. To me, the biggest problems with Daredevil are just there is a major lull in the season towards the end, that episodes was, 11 yeah. and 12. Definitely, yeah. And to me, not that other shows don't have lulls, and I would say, actually, when I'm looking at the shows on my list, I don't think any of them really had lulls. But uh, it, it, it was enough to hurt it. Um, yeah. And I've rewatched Daredevil three whole times now. Okay. Uh, and those. It's hardcore. <laughs> excuse me. With he different people, not alone. Nonetheless, hardcore. Uh, H-C. That lull hurts. Like it, it is a very dull. Everyone is yeah, sad no, for, everyone about is sad for about two hours. No, it is. But I, although I liked the one episode with, without spoilers, with Foggy and Matt. That I, I yeah. Did, that, which, that, which well, that was episode drum. ten. Yeah, the, here's here's the thing. The, the reason is eleven and twelve. When I say everyone's sad, every the good yeah. guys and the bad guys are sad. Everyone. Nobody. There's no. It's just pure darkness for two hours, yeah, and that so makes for a rough finish. It definitely finish. helped that I watched it in a binge because I didn't. Yeah, it, it does blowing through it. Helps. Notice it as much. I mean, I definitely noticed it, but it's because I had binged it the entire thing, so I can understand watching it like a normal person would, and you know, one episode couple episodes a day, not like, you know, 15 hours of television shoved in your face. Sure. But I, I can definitely see that, and I, I totally understand that. But I just, I that fight choreography just no, it's is stellar. amazing. Yeah. It's just so and good. I would agree with Jordan on that, because while I did love the show, and I thought especially choreogra- choreographed and casted extremely well, because knowing the character from the comics and stuff, especially like Mark Wade's run is the most recent, the most fun. What I like about that is that he still maintains the grittiness, but he has a lot of fun in it, too. And mm-hmm. that's what I thought it lacked, because, like, that was the only thing. Going from a transition from typical, like, Avengers MCU to full-on dark was a little too much. I wanted a little more, like, leeway in there. And that's why I still, like, I, I'm going to talk about this since it's not my top three, but let's still love it. Flash remains my favorite superhero show on TV right now, because... It's the most fun, and, like, it has its flaws, too, but I am thoroughly entertained. No, it is a lot of fun. No, that's what Jordan and I said while we're watching Daredevil. We're like, where's Happy? Where's Happy? Why is there no Happy in this show? Well, especially because there's a character called Happy, right? And pain. No, Happy Hogan is in there. Yeah, that's, yeah. What are they, what's Foggy's nickname? Uh, Foggy. Senor Guapo You're thinking that because John Favreau played played both Foggy. That's why. Yeah. So, Daredevil, very good three. Uh, what's your three kevin so my number three is also a netflix show it is master of none um wow yeah nice props um so um and this isn't one i watch i watched a lot of these with my caregiver and like so and uh, again i'm talking a lot of comedy here tonight 
So what I like about this show the most, I mean, first of all, I love Aziz Ansari. Like, I mean, he's just got so much, uh, just his screen presence, his talent, um, his chemistry with other people. And I love that he was the co-creator, writer of the show, um, and also the star. Um, And so, like, when I started it, the pilot was good. It made me laugh. It didn't blow me away. It was, you know, the pilot. Seen the... I, I got a slow start on it too with the pilot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because we had seen this before. It was just, you know, he's the single guy in New York. His friends are starting to get married. He's wondering if he should mature and settle down and all that. And I'm like, okay, we've seen that before. This is nothing new. Intimate, intense and, sex jokes that right. are really awkward. Sure, sure. And then the second episode came. That might have been one of my favorite. That was definitely one of my favorite episodes of TV of 2015. Possibly, I don't know my Is favorite, but it's a, parents. Yeah. So parents was just fantastic from a writing perspective, from an acting perspective, from directing. It was showing the cultural disparity between two generations. Uh, you had this guy and his friend. Both their parents are immigrants, and they worked really hard to create a life for their children and everything. And now their children are really immature, and they don't want to spend <laughs> yeah, time with yeah. the kid, their parents are there. Yeah. And what I love is that Aziz Ansari had his actual parents play his parents, and they were fantastic. Like, his dad was my favorite character. And so, wow. I love what I, and what I like about the show, too, I did not binge watch it completely. I spread it out, I watched it in about a week. I spread it out a little bit. Um, what I liked about it, though, um, while it's a great binge watch, it's also very episodic, which you don't see a lot in today as much, you know? That each episode had its own story, um, you know, and it dealt with different topics. So there was the parents episode. Um, there was one um, where he's if he like forms a bond with his girlfriend's grandmother, and then there's um, and there's all these jokes about like uh, American Indians and stuff. And I just I don't know. I had so much fun with it. The characterization was great. Um, consistently delivered humor. And I liked how it ended on its place. And that, uh, are they doing a second season? They haven't announced yet. Uh-huh. Uh, to me, what I really like, and I've only seen about the first four, okay. um, is... Then I won't spoil the ending. Yeah, each episode feels like just Aziz writing uh, a thesis paper I mean, it is. on a yeah, topic. It and is. so if it didn't have a second season, I would assume it's because he didn't feel the need to sure. write a whole bunch of more. And no pressure for that. Yeah, no, yeah. he did. I think he's doing great work. Right. I'd love to finish the season, but it, I've enjoyed what I've seen. It's hilarious. Like, and, that, and that's what I like. And especially but, that sequence in Parents at the beginning when they're doing the whole, like, just overview of their li- of his parents' lives, mm-hmm. the way the camera cuts back and forth and shows them and the kids. And there's just so much clever humor embedded into it. But you're right. It's very much what, a social commentary. What, that, what strikes me about that is, because I wondered this kind of, I was like, okay, so it's obvious that Aziz Ansari has had huge success both with Parks and Recreation sure. on Netflix, but even more so, maybe not more so, but also equivalently so. No, more so, so with those, those specials. With those specials. They're, they're a huge draw yeah. on Netflix. Yeah. So he's really found a home at Netflix. Like, the Netflix demo gets Aziz. Yeah. At least a big portion of it. Sure, or, sure. Or, or a significant chunk, whatever the way it breaks down. Sure. Um, so I was wondering, like, okay, is this just like, all right, he, people on Netflix like him, time to do a Netflix series, here's the obligatory... I've turned my stand-up act into a Netflix series. Yeah. That was my concern. From the first right. episode, I wasn't sure that it wasn't that. Right, right. Um, what you're saying, though, is, you know, showing talking about that parents episode, aside from the fact that his parents are in it, which, again, it's, I mean, you could bring them up on stage, I guess. Yeah. But, you know, generally speaking, it's not what you do in stand-up. But moreover, what you're talking about, flashing back to, like, what they were like as kids. Yeah. It almost reminds me of... 
um, that show with Chris Rock, uh, where he like did the voice of the kid. Oh, I know exactly. Everybody what hates Chris. Yeah, yeah. Hates yeah. which was really, yeah. really was, good. I mean, yeah. this this has better production values from what I saw than that did, and and whatever, and it's just very much more modern. But uh-huh. but it it, it really um, utilize. It, it's not just his stand up in a comedy. Oh show. no, not and at all. And that really yeah. tells me that. So that makes me right. more encouraged to see. Some right, more. right. Because that's the thing. If it had gone in the direction it was going at the beginning, I would have been like, eh. But then it totally shifted gears. So the other episodes are also significant and important? Yeah, I think so. I mean, there are others that were more memorable than one. Parents is still the best one Mm -hmm. um, out of the... It's ten episodes. That's um, too bad. It's not loaded. Well, I mean, I I don't really mind. I mean, not to say that it got worse after that. It's just like, that was just the The only... That was like the high... I mean... That was just my favorite. It was the best written one on there. But no, I just love how it was so personal. Um, I love the characters, uh, and it could definitely warrant a second season. But it did, if it didn't, I'd be okay with that too because it does stand on its own. Um, so it depends on what he wants to do. But um, but I yeah, I loved it. Awesome, cool. Uh, so I guess it brings it to me. It does. Yes, it does. What's my number three show of twenty fifteen? Um, I'm going to start with a little bit of a, a side note. Uh, so I've said this before. I don't know if I said it on the podcast, but I've certainly said it to Rich, uh, I think to Kevin and Kelsey. Uh, my favorite network on television. Just, oh, no. Just from sheer amount of quality content that they put out that is... I'll give you that. Get ready for a closet call. I'm looking at the closet. Uh, my favorite... The amount of content they put out, the diversity of its casts, the diversity of topics it's able to cover, sure. comedy, mm-hmm. superhero action... Um, you know, obviously, I realize, I'm sitting here and people are probably thinking Netflix is about to come out of my mouth, but my favorite network on television is the Or CW. anything but. Yeah. Get, get ready, the internet, CW. to explode. <laughs> no, look. This, you, I, I don't think anybody can hear it because I was yelling. The okay. CW, yeah. Just a few years ago, sure, the CW was a bit more of a joke. They had a lot of those shows that were more super youth-oriented. And yes, it is still very much a network full of pretty people. Oh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> but that's, that's part of its demographic. However, when you look at the wide breadth of shows that it puts out, shows, you know, like Jane the Virgin, uh, Arrow, Flash, bleh, Crazy Ex-Girlfriend, um, just I didn't see that Vampire Diaries, great. which is really good, the originals, it's got so many shows to the point where it's doing so well for itself that it only really added two new shows this year, mm-hmm. one of which had to be held to mid-season because... That- it, it, it keeps renewing everything because they're all doing so well for the network. That is one of the things that I really admire about the network is the fact that, with very few exceptions, they stand by their shit. They do. Like, they really stand by their shows. They stand by their actors. They, they really are like, if this is doing well, we're not going to do, like, a lot of shows in, in England, like, just disappear. And they say on the BBC, we need to make room for other dramas, new, new, new. It's like, what about all these characters we've come to know and love? We're invested in this and it got two seasons and then you yeah. just butched it. Yeah. Well, I don't know what that expression is, but you just you just you know uh, trashed it and threw it out. You know, even though it was and still quality. I think I see that just from following um, people like Stephen Amell on Facebook and stuff. Is that they are so passionate about their work and and that clearly has to have some reflection on the network. Yeah. Because if the actors are just because you have a lot of actors that okay they'll be doing a little promotion for their show and all that. But they're not gonna like. It, it just seems like they have a really family atmosphere. Yeah. Oh, and by the way, so how was Rain this year? Uh, I don't know. I don't watch. Rain. How about uh, Heart of Dixie? Was that good? <laughs> no. Look, they still have a lot of shows that aren't for me. But that's fine. Every network does. But you know, going to your point, this is the network that gave Nikita a six-episode fourth season just to wrap up its story. Like, that so much respect. I so mean, much respect. It for didn't that. have to do that. That wasn't going to be a ratings hit or nope. a huge profit for. But that. it was going to get hardcore devoted fans. It yeah. Was going to do that. Uh, and so a lot of shows on my uh, my short list and in honorable mentions, you know, were CW shows. Uh, but for me, the show that made the list was 
uh, The Hundred, which oh, yeah. uh, I've talked about a lot. And I, I haven't think. seen anything but the first episode. I was lucky the show has become one of your favorites of all time, it seems like. Yeah, I you love The Hundred. In the recent years. I was there for the uh, goggles moment. Yeah, at one the of very my, beginning. in the very pilot, they have a, uh, one of my favorite characters, uh, not at the time, I just liked him because he wore goggles, uh, yeah. it uh, gets like a impaled with a spear, and I was just like, no, not well, goggles. The reason being that the entire episode, the minute goggles came on the screen, Jordan just had one of those preternatural like, instincts that goggles was going to take it. You know what I mean? He was going to eat it. And we go through the whole episode, and he's in danger, and you're worried, and Jordan's like, uh-oh, dude. And then the music <laughs> kicks in, and it's getting bleak, and Goggles is like, you know, why don't I just walk across this lake first and just do a little scouting? You guys stay back here. And Jordan's like, no, no. And then he runs across there, and he's like, it's all good, guys. No worries. They hold it goggles. for just a beat long they, enough they that you think it's good. And, and, and Jordan's like, I hear with bated breath. And then all of a sudden, this spear comes flying through the woods right into his heart. And he's like, ah! And George's like, no, not goggles! It was amazing. The levels. It, was it amazing. wasn't sorry, his sorry. heart, fortunately. Uh, the character... It looked like it went in his freaking heart, Well, though. the great thing about the 100 is Jasper survives that attack. He goes on to have a great run, but it, it kind of lulls you a little into a false sense of security where it's like, okay, people aren't going to die on this show. But after that... I don't want to say it's a bloodbath, but the hundred is not afraid to kill its characters. Like it is not it afraid is a to kill show, its characters or not be happy. That show yeah, is not it is, happy either. It is very much a show. It doesn't kill a character just to, to promote the myth of no one's safe, sure, which sure. a lot of shows do. Yeah. It'll kill a character just because that's how the story went. And it's not yeah. kill crazy, and it lets characters have full arcs, mm-hmm. but there's just something about it that is so bleak, but it feels realistically so. I mean the hundred it does start off a little rough. The first four or five episodes aren't the best. Mm-hmm. And I get why that has turned off a lot of people to it. But as it develops, it's just such a rich world. I mean, there's so many factions vying for control of the ground. Because the, the conceit is that a nuclear war took life out of Earth. And yeah. there are a bunch of survivors living in space. And they send a hundred juvenile delinquents down to the planet to see if it's survivable. Because the CW and pretty people. but uh, <laughs> They're all pretty pretty. Yes, they are, but they get pretty rough looking. I mean, rough that's looking another good thing. People are still pretty pretty. <laughs> they're yeah. really, they're really, know, they at least just watch Survivor. They do like, get really... pretty dirty. Uh, dirty, dirty, pretty people. But what the hundred did, especially in its second season, which the second half of I've heard the writers year. talking about this, and they say like we had full card launch. I couldn't believe when I went into the room and I heard what the traje- like some of the new writers that came on for that season. They were like, it was amazing. We had full freedom. They gave us carte blanche. When I heard what was going to happen just on the first half of the season, they said, I couldn't believe we had that kind of freedom to do this. I was like, really? We're really doing that on the CW? Really? That's what I heard. I haven't seen it. It It is to that level. It is not. It is a show that really goes places that most shows won't. It goes places where a lot of shows will build up something, you know, over the course of the season and be like, but ultimately, there whether or not there's a way out of certain situations, usually they give it to the characters and have some sort of Deus Ex Machina. No, this show doesn't. Like this show, if oh, a character gets no. in a rough position, they're probably pretty screwed. And you um, also told me there's a lot of Sophie's choices. Oh, so so many. Like where you're just there's no good option. There really isn't. But it has done such a great job of developing characters that you hate at the beginning. I mean, there's a oh, lot yeah. of characters. Mm-hmm. Kelsey, so for example, hates Bellamy right at the beginning of the series because he's sort of this brash he's sort of the the no good uh jerk who's gonna try and lead them to rebel and you hate him but then you find out about him and he takes on the leadership position and it's just there's a lot of great character development that that goes in so many different directions it's such a rich world full of so many interesting characters um and i 
really um, am so excited that the show is only a few weeks away. I've also had the luck of, uh, I do TV reviews for TV Equals. I've reviewed every season of the show. I'm continuing that this year, and I just love that show so much. If you if you tried it out, get past the first four or five. I know that's a big commitment, but once it gets going, hey, even, you'll probably get tied in before then. Agents but... of S.H.I.E.L.D., you got to get past, like, 15. Yeah, that's it's true. Flat. <laughs> I mean, uh, uh, Arrow, you got to get past almost the whole season. You know, Not I mean, yeah. completely, but close to it. Like, 14, yeah. 15 episodes. Yeah, I mean, yeah. so, and I did that, you yeah. know, so. But yeah. I love The 100. I love that it is so free to do what it wants and tell a very cool story. So, for me, yeah. that was... Number three of the year. Cool. So, Rich, awesome. finish out our threes. Yeah, so um, mine um, needs the, the caveat that you were brave enough to not include, or maybe you didn't feel it was necessary. Um, in my case, I feel that it's necessary to point out that I don't think these next two shows, which are uh, they're getting lumped together and maybe cheating, but you'll see why in a minute, um, have to go in the category of shows that I enjoyed the most this year, not necessarily the best on television. Or I the think best that's fair. I, I mean, I'm, I would argue, like, even with my shows, I wouldn't necessarily put the 100 in the three best shows of the year. I would put it in... I think it is pretty good, but I would probably... My favorites is more... I lean towards a little of both. Right, me, me as well. But I just... This is firmly in the favorites... I wouldn't say artistically, and, and they have like the most merit. But damn, did I have a good time watching both the screams this year? Oh god, uh, I've seen both seasons completely. So scream uh, and scream queens. Yes, MTV Scream colon okay. the series. Okay. And, I wanted to see that and scream queens. So it's yeah. all available on MTV.com. That's is where it? I watched okay. it. Yes. Um, so that show, I just was in a scream mood. I was in a, I want to watch people get dwindled down and watch and see, like, somebody who's a, fr- a face on the show the entire time. Like, I love who've done it. It's everybody who knows me knows that. I love, uh, twists and turns yeah. and people that are guilty and acting innocent and, like, me trying to figure that out and clever writing around that, you know, Broadchurch and, you know, Sherlock and all that yeah, good shit. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, Poirot is, like, my hero, you know? Um, and he has his little big speech at the end, and he tells you for 25 minutes all the clever shit he was doing the whole time right in front of your eyes, and you didn't know it. Anyway, the closest thing I'm going to get to that on some American TV in a lot of cases um, is, I, and I also was just feeling the vibe of, like, you know, young teens and just, like, you know, they're in trouble, and they're, you know, I don't, it's not horrible. I, oh, there's always one. I was feeling the vibe of young teens. There, there's like, always one rich. i always say something stupid no no, no that, that that like high school like college young college vibe is what i was looking for I know, like I that, that fun energy the reason you anyway whatever no the it's cw cool, it's vibe cool. i guess um but just uh just like fun a little lighter a little bit more pretty people whatever just was feeling that vibe i don't even know if that was why i just had it was in a scream mood so uh, first i started with scream queens um and that show uh i'm not the biggest ryan murphy fan as far as i haven't really seen glee i've seen an episode here or there i haven't really seen much american horror story um that's the right guy ryan murphy right? yeah, ryan yeah. Murphy. and uh and so this was like my first real exposure to what jordan tell, informs me is the way that his shows sound um, very much so and i didn't realize that that was that way but this show is like if it is that way like this show, show took it to the next level i mean they say all kinds of fucked up shit about like pregnancy and abortions and day after pills and you know she's such a she's a slut on wheels but but 10 times worse than that like, i can't even conjure it up like really really oh, you know, it's, it's really rough stuff <laughs> like just just like really like just trashing people there's this one girl who the main chanel girl like just rips on the entire season in the worst way saying her vagina has teeth and like constantly abusing her with that, and so, I mean, just really bad shit. Uh, really intense. I mean, but but the but the clevy witty banter, and especially one character, um, Chad Radwell, 
who is he's a pretty standout dude he's so funny he's like he he's racist but yet his best friend is gay and and he's just he's like every kind of contradiction he's the most sexist asshole asinine dumb yet shrewd guy i mean he's just and that's the thing on that show there's not you know people sometimes say that, that that's a caricature not a character like that show takes that in stride like mm-hmm. every character on that show is a character of a caricature of a character very little at, at to the point and so i love it because it's really good writing and it's funny moment to moment, but it steals away any impact of the things that happen on the show. Because it's just like that's not a person. That's Chad Radwell. That's just that's like this. That's like a joke. It's a walking joke. And you know when writers talk about great lines that they didn't include because it didn't serve the story, this show doesn't care. Oh no, they'll say whatever they want. And yeah, even though it derails the plot. You know what I mean? It takes all meaning out of the plot. They'll do it anyway. They don't care. So, as a fun-to-watch show that I accidentally got backed into thinking it was a whodunit, Scream Queens was really, really fun. Okay. And I just couldn't believe how far it went and how dirty it got. And I loved his writing and the way he talks. <laughs> Scream Queens has one of my favorite scenes, probably in 2015. Which one? The one with the Dickie Dollar Scholars and it's Backstreet's Back playing and they're all in their white. And, and they they're all... Take <laughs> bats out. And they take yeah. bats out. And uh, they, it's and got they, a lot of fun moments. It's got... Uh, t- and they don't, they don't stop, dude. No, they, they don't, don't stop. stop. I mean, just some of just the stuff that's so uncouth that they do, like having like a deaf Taylor Swift who wants to sing but she's tone deaf. Oh and it's just, oh, I mean, yeah. it's really horrible. Uh, I mean, there's lots of that throughout the... I mean, anyway, it, it, it just, it's take no prisoners writing, but it's really clever and funny. And there's a certain... By having a no-holds-barred approach to what you're willing to say... There's a certain level you can reach that you can't reach if you don't throw out all the stops. You know what I mean? Sure. And, they, mm-hmm. and they did that with that show at the expense of story. On the complete other side of the <laughs> spectrum is Scream, very serious show, very little, few jokes. There's a, there's a cocky guy who's a little bit funny sometimes. Mm-hmm. There's the, the 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 you know in all the Scream movies or the ones I've seen. There's the guy who's like the the geek who knows the, all the history of the horror and he's mm-hmm. all like narrating it. He's like, this is the scene where we shouldn't split up and this is this and this is this. But being that Scream is so well known and that character type is so well known, he had to like take it to the next level and be like the guy commenting on the guy that comments on yeah. the movie. You see mm-hmm. what I mean? He had to take it one level more metal. Yeah, meta. Um, and so that's what he did. But the writing was really sharp. The show was really tight. And I love the characters. I watched the show all the way through. I was completely addicted to it. I just loved it. It just reminded me of being that age and just like having just high school and loving those shows and like watching Real World with my friends. It just, it brought back all those kind of memories. And not only that, but like the mystery, the the, the reveal at the end blew my fucking mind. I was well, what? Like, I mean, really, I couldn't believe it. I'm glad to hear that it was good because I wanted to watch it, but <sighs> but I was like, this is on MTV. This is gonna be so. No, that's the thing. I don't stupid. watch MTV by fucking policy. Like, I really like Catfish. Like, that is a really fun to watch show. I won't watch it because I just don't want to fucking watch MTV. I just hate MTV. I hate that it pulls up the name of the song it's playing at the bottom. I hate the fucking commercials that's the for music tampons. Part. I hate the commercials for. I know. I hate the commercials for tampons and other shitty king well, stuff. I, I just hate everything about MTV. I fucking hate it. I used no, I to love it when I was in its demo. I am not anymore. Uh-huh. However, there are a couple shows. Teen Wolf. Your demo years. from the day isn't its demo anymore. <laughs> right, right, right. Now it's thirteen year olds. Um, but but yeah. So and, and it surely doesn't play music. But like, but that said, that said, there were a couple bands that I discovered watching fucking Scream. 
uh, Oh Wonder, who's a fucking amazing band that I just found out about in England, who's amazingly current. Mm-hmm. And another one, uh, uh, George Ezra. I don't know how famous he is or isn't, but he has a really good song I've called heard. Spectacular Rival. He's another British yeah. dude. Really, really good. So, MTV had its... Yeah, I know. we got to move along. Oh, so, well, yes. MTV's but... had its <laughs> MTV's had its uh, theme. Anyway, The Screams are sh- some of the shows that I enjoyed the most this year. Uh, I would obviously say of the two, the m- well, they're both really fun in their own way. If you want a whodunit, Scream is awesome. If you want really, really, really catchy dialogue, some of the catchiest, coolest, hippest dialogue I've ever heard, Seen on television, go screen queens. All right. All right. Uh, just as a side note, yeah, I'm, I'm usually the timekeeper, so if I... Yeah. What Rich was alluding to, I was just kind of waving my hands. But yeah, we... we to make sure we can get two podcasts in tonight, yeah, we're trying to keep it tight. Yeah. But in, in honor of that, Kelsey, number two. My number two show is um, iZombie. Yay! Wow. Yes, iZombie made my list. I feel I... Bad, good, because this, this got booted by the hundred, so I'm glad I, someone's this was talking going, And this was going on my honorable mentions. Yeah, well, it wasn't going... Uh, I was, like, throwing it around. I was trying to figure out a show that I wanted to put in. I, I knew it. It had to be on someone's list because I was like, this show is too clever and too it's fantastic. so good. That I, it can't be... So I was like... What, so when I kind of gave Jordan's list, I was like, all right, I don't think he's going to put iZombie on it, so I'm going to talk about it. It was almost number three. Because been... this show... Maybe my fourth. Is... It's so funny. It's yes. so fun. It's so clever and... I can't, you know, I know her as the yellow RPM Ranger. I can't Kelsey remember her Kelsey and I are both <laughs> yeah, huge, huge uh, Power Rangers fans. fans. Rose McIver is Rose the actress. Yes. She was a Power Ranger? Yeah, she, she was, was in uh, Power Rangers yellow. RPM. Really? Yes. Yeah. You know the drug-addicted neighbor of Jessica Jones from the He's pilot? He's the Red Ranger. He's the Red Ranger on that season of Power Rangers. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> anyways. Like There's a lot of Power Rangers. Power Rangers. <laughs> but anyways, iZombie, she veritable who's who. She's so talented. The fact that she can basically become a new person every episode and does it well. Like, it's not like... She doesn't even really overly ham it up unless the character, of course, calls for it. But it feels like she plays almost... the conspiracy theory old man. Well, it's I mean, a little hammy. A little bit. There are like, hammy moments, but, but that also goes moments. to the charm but, of the show. Yeah, I mean, I Rob yeah. Thomas in general has that yeah. sort of no, sensibility. You're, no, you're right. I just yeah. think of her saying, hey, kid. You know what I mean? It's like, well, no, well, that, well, that, well that's what, what I say. Like, it's like, it's like, unless, of course, the character calls for being hammy. You did say then, that, then, yeah, yeah. You know, but she really, it manages to really sell that character to you. Like, you can, you see her going through this transition from, like, the uh, live her, that you know yeah. and into these characters that she knows, that she is. And it's it's just so fantastic. I can't believe every time because I'm like she has to play a racist old grandfather, and she does it. She yeah. does it so well, and it's it's ridiculous because well, she's so little. The show but, geniusly segues that too into serving the so like they use the procedural aspects. The procedural aspects are, are twofold, right? Yes, Those, and they go together. Each time she eats a brain and becomes a character. Becomes a character. And she has to solve a crime related to yes. that character. So those two are related, but they're the procedural elements. But they use both of them. Like, I haven't seen this episode yet, but I've heard that on this season, in episode five, she's a coach and she gives a pep talk to... Uh, Major, Major, who's in a spiral. Who's in a spiral. So, like, I mean, how much is that beautiful dovetailing of... Oh, no, this uh, show manages you know? to make it so that where it's procedural elements... Also benefit the overarching story that's being told in the season, which I don't see. It's in that's many hard TV to do. It's right. one of the best balanced ones because it's either a mix of our procedural elements are going to get so pointless as to just sort of be there because they have to be, and it ruins it. Or yeah. our serialized elements get you know like it used to be every five or six episodes something will get mentioned. This right. one really does balance it extremely well between telling an ongoing arc that is also powered by really good, interesting case of the weeks. Although I'm freaking suffering. with, I'm only on the third or fourth episode, so Major hasn't come out of it. If he ever does, I think he does. I think Rod Thomas said he's going to come out of it. But, man, am I suffering for Major. 
watching him be drug addicted is killing me, man. Well, that's the thing. Every character on that show is relatable and interesting. Ravi and Blaine, and even despite how much of a monster and a huge jerk Blaine is, you like seeing the guy. Oh, I love. Seeing and that's every Blaine. character yeah, for sure. But yeah, everyone has a great story that is very self-contained and told, but also then affects like the bigger story. Like I love how everything can be so like it's very well written for that character and it makes sense for that character, and then it influences the rest of the story, and it's just beautiful little melting pot of all yeah. these of all these elements that are together, and it's funny. It's it flies so by funny. too. Oh, it's oh it's 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 over fastest. like that. Fastest, you know, thirty minutes of television you'll watch. It's so, it's just so good. I, I love, I love iZombie so much. I think it's like just so clever, and just the actors, Rose McIver, she's fantastic in how she pulls off that role. You know, who I love, love Ravi. Oh, I love Ravi oh, yeah, too. He's great. He is so Ravi charismatic, is so great. and oh, yes. and the cop dude, I love him. All yes. of them are. Whoever cast that show did such a genius job of not of getting people that are like not normal. Like they all have something edgy and cool about them. Mm-hmm. Like that dude, it's like he's like the he's like the black cop guy, but he's not at all. He's what is his name, Clive? Clive Batman. He's just Clive. He's mm-hmm. he just is that character, and he's so unique and interesting. And and Robbie is not just the dude who's working in the morgue and, and, and sort of like that doctor type. He's just very much Ravi. I, no, you know, exactly. it's, They're it's, fully fleshed characters yeah. without, you know, needing Stereotypes. to, you know, commit an, an episode to, oh, it turns out you are also a gamer. Ravi's just a gamer and you, it's a part of his life yeah. and you see it and stuff like that. Yeah, That's so. a really good part of the show. I, I mean, yeah, You're it's You're selling me show. on it, man. You're selling me it should have been higher on my list. Man, <laughs> is that show freaking No, it's, it, it is. Like, I, I ha- it had to be on someone's list yeah. and I was like, I, it's definitely a number two show for me. I, awesome. It's so great. Awesome. What made your list? Yeah. Uh, what made your number two spot, Kevin? My number two is another Netflix original, another comedy Oh, are we, is this going to be a sweep for you? Is it all Netflix or? It's not all Netflix. It's not all Netflix. It, it is all comedy, but um, so it is Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt. Ooh. Oh my gosh! Yeah. All right. Are... So why this gets so high on my list is just the creative the creativity of the concept and how it's executed. Okay, it's about it's a show about this girl. She was raised, she was in a cult for trapped in a cult for like ten years. An underground because this guy told her and three other women that the world had ended and he was saving them and all this stuff. And then she gets rescued and she's starting a new life in New York. And so, and that sounds so bleak and weird and all that, but like it's Tina Fey and I love what she does with it. And so, what I love most about the show is that the, my only concern coming in was like, all right, so she's going to be this um, woman with like you know, basically an eighth grade education. I'm worried she's going to just be this, like, ditzy, um, kind of, like, just bumbling around New York because she has so little to go on. And what I love what they did with that, they made her so independent, so much her own character was not a character at all. Like, there are these moments where, you know, she, like, for probably the best line of the pilot was, um, because her roommate is an aspiring actor and, um, and he's like stuck in, um, he's like have all these failures and is about to give up. And, she, and he's really cool too. Yeah, yeah, he's hilarious. Um, and she says to him, um, just stop that attitude. We're going to make you the next Michael Jackson or Whitney Houston. And I guess she doesn't know that they're dead. Um, and so, like, it's just like kind of black humor and the way it's executed was just so flawless. Um, but that's what I like the interactions between them, between her and other characters. 
and great performance from how do you say her name? I know she's Aaron on The Office. But, oh, um, uh, Ellie. Kemper. Ellie Kemper. Yes. Kemper. Yeah, as I was okay. So she was fantastic. The supporting cast was great. Um, but that's what I love most was just they made her into her own character, and yeah, she is like going on little education, trying to start a new life, but she quickly establishes herself, and she's smart, she's independent, she's funny, um, and not a lot of writers can pull off that. And just keep it just keeps feeling fresh throughout that whole season, and it ends on a nice cliffhanger. Um, even though they resolve like the main conflict, and also John Hamm played the leader of their cult, so that was a lot of great guests, like one shot appearances. I didn't know John Hamm was that guy. Yeah, yeah, at the end, yeah, yeah. Oh, I didn't get to the end, so that's why. Yeah, he's in the last like three episodes, and Tina Fey also is in the last three as um as as the the attorney. It's just a pretty stacked cast. Yeah, you get a really stacked um. Um, that's but amazing. So much I didn't know they came in and laid it down. Yeah. And because it's, I mean, I feel like it's, I mean, extremely high production value. Um, they just captured the New York really well. And that's another one that it has a definitive story arc in that first season, but it's also episodic. Mm-hmm. Um, and I like that because that's what I think we need more in this binge watch culture is more episodic TV. And I think that finds a nice balance between I'm, the two. I'm interested to see how season two plays I out, just that. because that first season was produced as an NBC show. Yeah, exactly, yeah. So I'm curious to see if they'll let the Netflix of it all change what they've done. Sure, I sure. hope not, because I really like the way it was structured. Oh, and absolutely. All, so yeah. we'll see on that. But yeah, I agree. So, 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 you, so when you watch it, it's a little bit more traditional no, sitcom well, than, than you would have thought on Netflix. No, no. no? It's, it's more... The episodes are contained, That's which is, I, mean, I think, like a big problem with stories. Netflix. They're contained into themselves, and they have a set runtime. It's not like, okay, it's Netflix. We can have a 30-minute episode because we can. I know. And yeah. I always worry about especially with comedy, I think you, know you need that. what's crazy? That, that but... Fargo is allowed to do that. Like, they, one episode's 50 minutes, and one's an hour and three. They just uh, do that. It's interesting. Yeah. yeah. Uh, that FX allows for it. But whatever. FX, FX. That's cool. Yeah. So, okay. yeah. I loved it. That was awesome. awesome. All right. Uh, I'm going to... I need to gauge your reaction here, because I have a number two. Uh, I think it's number one on someone else's list, so I'm just going to say it and look to the person I think it's number one on the list of, and if they give me the nod, we'll wait to talk about it till then. So my number two for the year is Hannibal. Okay, so we're going to talk about that later when it's someone else's turn so that we don't talk about it twice or reveal someone else's... uh, Well, I mean, I kind of revealed it, but you don't necessarily know out there whose it is, but when we get to number ones, I will talk more about that show. Oh, okay. Uh, so yeah, what's your number? Oh, wow, okay, that's a way to condense things. All right, cool. No, no, no. no, no I think it's a good... good. No, that's save very the, smart. Save the conversation. That's very smart. I agree with you. I think uh, with film... I jumped in on iZombie, and uh, same kind of thing's gonna happen there. Yeah. Um, okay, so, um... Ooh, this is so tough. Um, oh, man. You know, yeah, I'm gonna have to say, um... It's tough. Oh, it's really tough. Um, even now I'm, like, really looking over all these picks, and I just... If you're at a tie, give. Yeah. No, no, no. It's not like he's the that. last number two. He's got a. Okay. I'm not even. Yeah, I'm not even there yet. Uh, I'm just gonna just name this uh, now and talk about it. Uh, Silicon Valley. Really? Know. Yeah. No, I know you like it. I, I, okay, well, talk, tell us about it. Rock for you. I haven't seen season two, but a big part of that was season one. So, but I want to hear your your positive oh, thoughts on man. season two. Oh man, I. Uh, that show blows my mind in in as much as I've recently spent the last like year and a half in the startup world. And the last three months out in San Francisco, um, and before that, just I know a lot about that, and I've seen a lot of these people, and it's like all the words that I was being forced to use, all the buzzwords like um, 
God, I'm glad they're not in my head right now. That makes me really happy. Um, but things like, you know, that's really a top of mind for me right now. Shit like that. You know what I mean? Those kind of words that are just so fucking phony and shitty. Um, and and, and just, just hearing all of that stuff and, and you know, in the show used so accurately. That show, and that's another show, um, one of my honorable mentions, which, which I'll talk about in, in shortly, um, is another show that does this really well. Um, wait a second, I just lost my train of thought by trying to get too complex there. <laughs> um, but, uh, but, but no, Silicon Valley just, just, oh yeah, I know what it was. I'm always surprised on that show. I never know what's going to happen. I never know how, like, somebody's going to spill, like, a little wine on the computer. Like, a, there was one incredibly pivotal moment where, and this doesn't spoil anything, where, like, uh, something is pushed onto a computer and it makes some disaster happen. And the entire time, the whole world is melting down. And then when you find out what the cause was of this meltdown, it's like, oh my god, are you serious? But it would really happen. I mean, it's just, it just, it just shocked me. It surprised me. I thought it was one of the funniest shows I've ever seen this year. Uh, I mean, season one was good, but season two takes it to the next level. It's literally one of those shows. I'll watch it any day, any time, and enjoy it. I love the characters. Oh, and I'll tell you what really got better in season two. Um, what's the dude with the hair? Um, the, the, the asshole pot Middle, smoker. I know the, I know the, TJ Miller is the actor. TJ Miller, his character, um, it's been a while since I've seen Silicon Valley, it was mid-year. Um, but, um, his character was, like a, like a really dumb, like, pot smoker, like, just saying dumb shit and being really selfish the first season, much more of a caricature character. This season, his skill set came into play. He's the salesman guy, and his bluster, and his naivete, but also, like, confidence, like they use it really well as a plot device. It's just really geniusly done. Um, what is I it? I did remember his name, Ehrlich. Ehrlich, yes. I'll just think about that. Makes me happy. I mean, those two dudes—they're just so funny together. I—I I, I don't know. I just love that show. Oh, oh, and the dueling programmers. Those two guys are amazing. The guy with the big thick glasses, and then um, Dinesh. Dinesh, like those two dudes are like their their back and forth banter gets even better. I mean, I just, I just love that show. I just think it's funny. But the biggest part is the combination of being really funny and having a dramatic plot that I really give a shit about and surprising me constantly. For those reasons, it gets my number two spot. That's awesome. I enjoyed the first season. I don't, because I, I was thinking about it. I don't want to make it seem like I didn't enjoy the first season of Silicon Valley. And in fact, I reviewed it. I didn't get to review the second season. Uh, it just, it fell through the crack a little. Um, a lot of shows did this year. Uh, and I enjoyed it. I think that the tip-to-tip efficiency discussion from the end of the first season is one of the funniest things I saw last year. Yeah. And I would like to get around to the second season. Uh, it just didn't I think happen. you'll be blown away when you see I'm it. I'm glad to hear that. And I've heard that. I've heard a lot of it gets better. But I'm glad to hear that yeah. it was a... And I can see that you had a more of a connection to that Silicon Valley yeah. mindset that yeah. would probably increase. Having to hear it all, all the bullshit, you know, and watching <laughs> people come out with these, like, you know... Um, uh, IPOs for their new startup and all that. I mean, it's just so much nonsense. Uh, anyway, just all the parlance and the Google and the guy that runs Google's an asshole and it's just it's just so funny. The show's just so funny. Anyway, and Hooli? Or is it Hooli? Yeah. It's Hooli. Yeah, it's Hooli. <laughs> um, but it, to me, though, the thing that blows me away the most is the show would be v- very good if it was just as funny as it is. But add to that a compelling plot with characters that I actually give a shit about and then it becomes, you know, a 9 out of 10 show. And then add to that the fact that I'm totally shocked uh, every other episode, like, insanely, and dying to watch the next episode. That's where it gets to be a 10 show for me. Awesome. All right, we're almost to number one, but really quick, we're going to go around, throw out some honorable mentions. 
Kelsey, what shows didn't quite make the list that you still feel deserve a quick shout-out? Well, I mean, we've talked about it a little bit, but Flash, I feel like, is just a really fun television, really fun superhero show. It's great, you know, villains that it has, and it's just, it's just a lot of fun. It's a very fun superhero show. If you aren't sure that you like superhero shows, and, like, maybe you watch Daryl and you're just like, this is really dark for me, watch Flash. Flash, I mean, it has its dark moments, but they're never really as dark as, like, Arrow. But it's so much fun, and you love the entire cast of people. Like, Cisco is great. Just just everyone is is fantastic. And a show, actually, that I forgot about that Kevin mentioned, um, Sense8. Sense8 yeah. was... Yeah, yeah. I, I was going to talk about both of these, but go ahead. Yeah, yeah. Sense8 was just... Well, you can t- feel free to talk, of course. Cool. Um, it's just... It's very unique. It is very it unique. It's very unique. <laughs> what did, I'm curious what you thought of the only... I liked it. I didn't love it, but I put it on here as an honorable mention. At the first, I had a little trouble getting into it because oh, no. the, it, it, there were so many stories going on, and it was there were characters that were more interesting than the others. Pilot well, the pilot is ridiculous. Pilot was oh my god. Didn't, yeah. didn't yeah. the show also take like way too long? For them? I mean, they, I think I've heard it both ways. Some people say it took way too long for everyone to finally come together, and I think it you takes till the end for them to like. And them. I think yeah. you had said that like though though that they do a good job of that. I enjoy the the progression of the season. Had I not been reviewing it, I might not have continued past the pilot. But after the pilot, that's the I is where the, it yeah gets much yeah. better really quickly. See, it took me till about like I was reviewing, so I watched the whole thing, but um. It took me till about episode three, maybe, to, to really care and want to. I feel forward. like that that probably is a fair assessment because yeah, we actually watched the pilot together, and I was super excited for it. Like yeah, I yeah. sent it to Jordan, I was like, "Oh my god, look at this! This looks amazing! Yeah. I can't wait!" I for was it. more also, reserved. <laughs> okay, watch the whole season. I still don't understand the opening sequence in the pilot with what's her face, and they like that was. I think still, there's a lot of like, the mythology that doesn't get explored. Yeah, and I, that's what I want. It's really about the character journeys, right? And I wrote about that. I said this one felt like. And, and I mean that's fine. It was more like I com- I'm compared it to Cloud Atlas meets uh, um, uh, Heroes basically because you have like the, um, all these characters introduced and you spend a lot of time on their individual stories. They come together in the end. The mythology is very loosely defined. Like we have what's his face is the Morpheus figure of the show. Yeah. Um and and also like the Neo because this is Wachowski's part. There were never be a lot of Matrix references. Mm-hmm. Um, the Neo is sort of like two characters, Will, and then, um, what's her name? The transgender woman, the, um... Nori. Yeah, Nori. Okay, yeah. So they were both, they kind of combined to form the Neo of the group. They were sort of the ones I think it spent the most time on developing. Yeah. Um... And the most involved in the Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Favorite character, though, I think was the African guy. I can't remember his name. Oh, he who was, was amazing. Kyphus. He was amazing. He was awesome. Van Damme. Van Damme. Yes. He was awesome. That actually literally <laughs> kicked off like a Van Damme three-month obsession for these two. It's we a lifelong. It's a lifelong. We need to, we just, we've watched so many of his movies on Netflix and streaming. It's hard Since to find more. That. I just like, yeah. his, I just totally believed like he was uh, I mean, just a normal guy. He's taking care of his ill mother, and there's a lot of gangs in um, his village and stuff. And he was just—I mean, he wasn't—he was heroic. He wasn't overtly kind of, you know, like. Mm-hmm. But I just—I loved him. Oh, you know, Kyphus is definitely yeah, my, yeah. my favorite character, and with, yeah, yeah. with Van Dam, that was amazing. Yeah, that was <laughs> that was amazing. He drives a van. It's yeah. called Van Dam. Yeah, it's great. Yes. Because he um, literally idolizes Van Dam. He idolizes yeah, yeah, yeah. Van Dam. Yeah. So yeah, but those are my two honorable mentions. Okay. Yeah. What else you got? Kevin? Um. So I had those, and then I also I only got to watch a little bit of it, but I did review the pilot, Mr. Robot. Um. I've seen the first so, two of this. Yeah. As well. Yeah. And it's... again, so I haven't watched USA Today in like I can't remember the last time. I don't know. Like um and. 
unless it's like a movie on or something. I don't watch like really any shows on there. Um, I just like this um, one. The acting's really strong. Um, the guy who plays um, Bakhtu on Night in the Museum is the lead. Oh, Rami Malek. Yeah. yeah, yeah, he was great. Dude, um, Rami Malek is genius. He also yes. had a role we'll talk about when we talk about um, video games in Until Dawn. Um, right, he's big right. in that one. Rami Malek in, I, in, in, in Mr. Robot, that was one of my honorable mentions. It yes. almost made my list because I've only watched half the season. That's right, the problem, that's the yeah. Like, like, I want to catch up on it. Um, I probably Once it comes to streaming or something, I will. No, but that um, show literally is, it's, 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 it's mind-blowingly good. Yes. And it's incredibly morose and realistic. Yes. Like, I heard, holy I heard shit, the is pilot that real? Is yeah, fantastic. It is. The, I mean, it the is. filmmaking quality, the writing, it's so crisp. And it's got that sort of ambiguity to it that, like, there's a clear, I think, distinction between reality and a virtual world. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I like how it plays with that. Like, there are a lot of, I mean, familiar tropes, but I, I like how it takes a clever twist on it. It does, know? and it, it, it's actually so real and so morose yeah. and so, like, like painful at times to yeah. watch. Because you've got like, a drug addiction. That it's, right, that it's yeah. like, not fun. That's one of the reasons I haven't seen it all. Right, It's right. not fun to watch. It's not a fun time. Right, But, right. boy, is it a moving it time. And afterwards, you're like, damn, I'm so glad I watched that. Yes, it's one of those. very much. I agree. Uh, Awesome, yeah. A lot of mine were said. um, As far as shows I didn't see, uh, Last Man on Earth... Well, that one actually gets a mention. I liked Last Man on Earth a lot. I started watching it. Uh, The two other shows that I didn't watch at all that I would have probably had been in consideration were uh, The Americans. I've seen the first two seasons Mm -hmm. of that. Really love that show and I've heard the third season's like next level. Um, So I really want to get around to watching that. Uh, and review on Comedy Central starring Andy Daly. I haven't seen see, I any watched, of season two yet. See, I, like I don't know. I saw one episode of that when friends and I watched the finale of John Stewart at the Rialto, and that was on right before, and that was oh, and I was bland. But that was just one episode. Oh no! Randomly. Yeah, yeah. And review, I have watched an episode where we like couldn't breathe. We were laughing okay, so yeah. hard. Review. I'm sorry, my it's yeah, it's the perfect Which vehicle one? for Andrew Daly. Space. Space. He reviews space. He reviews space. Uh, yeah, I've heard the season episode two episodes are, yeah, I mean, it, it's better probably to watch from the beginning sure, and sure. get a better feel for it, but yeah, I've heard season two is pretty transcendently funny. Um, I'd like to get around to that. Uh, See, I watched that show for about five minutes, and it was like the one where he's like uh, reviewing stealing, and that one wasn't that funny, or at least the part I saw of it. It was just like he goes into a story so this and all, steals some These are all candy. season two. Well, no, wait, no, that... that that's season one's like first episode or whatever. He just goes steals, and steals some yeah. fucking candy or something. Yeah, but then he, he escalates. Yeah. yeah, yeah no, yeah, look, yeah. It, that yeah. that show's brilliant. I, I yeah. admit it's not for everyone. All right, I'll try it. I have to try it more. I only saw yeah, you gotta more. you gotta get into the world a bit with that one. Uh, another that I was sad was canceled because it was finally getting good was Constantine. Oh, uh, yeah, I was enjoying that towards the end of its season. Uh, Glad he could make an appearance on Arrow this year. Yeah. Uh, Red vs. Blue had its 13th season this year, and that's another one worth mentioning because I really enjoy that web series. I've talked about it before, and just highly entertaining. Uh, and then lastly, I didn't... It's it, This This was a weird one to put as a TV show because I don't think it's in the same category as really most of what we're talking about. But uh, as far as late night type shows go, Last Week Tonight is... Oh my gosh, oh, that dude, is That's on a lot of people's lists. That is yeah. definitely... The, just, just the way that it changes what... Uh, like a half hour uh, comedy news show because it's, it's journalism it, like it's straight up journalism yes as much as he wants to say it's just a comedy show because no, I think all of those hosts don't want to contribute right. to themselves as much as they should but yeah he's right. doing outstanding work in so many fields or looking at so many different things because um, so I yeah, have last fun week with, tonight. and what I love about John Oliver like he came on Colbert one time and um, I think Colbert said something about the uh, election or he's like, I don't give two uh, crap about Donald Trump or you know, you know. I'm like, thank you. Like, uh, let's talk about something else. You know. Yeah. 
Uh, I love what he does. Yeah. So those are my honorable mentions and whatnot. Rich, what do you got? Um, so I, I have a, a couple um, of interesting ones, I hope. Uh, one of mine is Last Man on Earth. Um, I can't... Uh, I, that, that show is when I was talking about and got lost my train of thought talking about um, Silicon Valley. Uh, Last Man on Earth is a comedy, and yet in every episode since that show started, I am shocked at what happens next. It's like it went from a show being about one guy who's totally the only guy on earth for like an episode or two, and then all of a sudden a girl pops up, and then all of a sudden four, three other people pop up, like and it's like what? And so at first it's like he's the last man on earth. Oh wait, a girl pops up. Oh, but he's still the last man on earth. Mm-hmm. That's what they're gonna do with it. Wow. It'll just be the two of them in a relationship. And then in the next grouping, there's a fucking dude. He's not the last man on earth anymore. Then that show changes everything with space and fucking, uh, you know. Uh, excommunication and and who's who and i mean it just takes this ensemble cast of like six people and it just goes so many places with them so quickly kind of like andrew daly and review it's it's the perfect will forte vehicle yes uh, it he just is. gets to be the because will forte is a very weird unique comedian and that's the character he gets to play is a very weird off-kilter dude which is cool the only my, my one qualm the reason it wouldn't be my favorite show by far is that i'm sick of him breaking shit and smashing shit like, that's, like, what he's always doing is, like, you know, he, he buys himself a yacht as a Christmas gift, uh, Secret uh-huh. Santa, because he gets himself, and then blows up the yacht. And, like, that's why he got the yacht, was to blow it up. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's just, like, that's what he, that's funny, right? But mm-hmm. but that's what he does. He just breaks shit, blows shit up, fucks up, like, you know, he'll get the Hope Diamond just to smash it. He's that kind of guy. And, <laughs> because like, the entire first episode, he, like, gets a flamethrower, just, like, I'm a flamethrower. Like, yeah. He bowling balls. Yeah. Like, he backs up a bowling ball-filled truck and sends it through a bunch of aquariums. Yeah, yeah, just because, you know? I think we'd all do that, though. If I think there's an element of destruction that's fun. But yeah, he does it a lot. Yeah, it gets a lot. I mean, at first I was going to I was gonna deal with it, but once he has better stuff to do, I was like, really? So are you not sick of that yet? Breaking shit? Anyway. Uh, so that's my one qualm with it. But otherwise, I just I was, that, that show never ceases to surprise me. It surprises everything for me in entertainment. Because um, otherwise, why don't I just, you know, think it up myself? So anyway, I love being surprised. Um, I Zombie was on my honorable mention list. That shows unbelievable um, for the, all the reasons you mentioned, um, and you pretty much covered all the good reasons because that show's amazing. Um, Bloodline. Um, this show is I've only seen again. It wouldn't make my list because I've only seen the first five. But that show, as far as creating a mood, does a better job than any show I've ever seen in my life. I feel like I am at the Keys or at like a beach in the off season. And, like, shit's going down. That show's genius. I can't wait to see where it goes. The performances are amazing. And I can see why people love Friday Night Lights because, like, Kyle Chandler is so charismatic. You yeah. just love Kyle Chandler. You get a you get a yeah. bromance with that dude just watching the show. <laughs> I mean, you just do it. He's, he's just the kind of dude you want to chill with. He's just, like, Beautiful. a solid, straight-up fucking cool guy. And you want to kick it with Kyle Chandler when you watch the show. Anyway, so, that, so those are my uh, honorable mentions. So I have any more... Do, 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 do on the list. I robot Mr. Robot was one for me. Um, I think we have a good cloud of shows we all yeah, kind of want to yeah. talk yeah. about that fortunately we connected with. So. Yep. So yeah, I'll uh, I'll leave it at that. All cool. right. Number one. Finally, the big the big show, the big four. Numero uno. Number uh, eight. And then let's go ahead and go because I know we th- this is I kind of give this one away. Kelsey, what's your number one show? I'm really interested. I don't know what your number one show is, but my <laughs> number one show is Jordan's number two show, Hannibal. Hannibal is perfection. It's yeah, it's pretty stellar. It's 
it's transcendent. I don't know how to just this this show. Well, it changes the paradigm of what a TV show could be, right? D- definitely. Certainly for, on a uh, network, television. network television. Oh, you yeah. would think that it was like a, something on Netflix or something because the things that they can get away with, I'm like, ha- like Jordan and I. Will Even be, in season one, they start. Oh yeah, no. Yeah, it like, starts so pretty violent. Killing, like, but also how abstract it is, right? Isn't that what really makes? It oh, artistically, oh, yeah, it's artistically. very, especially by season three, like the first half of season three, which is the one we're talking about. Yes. Is very much a trippy art house experience of just like they. There's a lot of talk about the mind palace in Hannibal, and uh, there, it feels like it in that first half of the season. Which is, it's very much, we got two seasons of Hannibal this year, which is great, because it it very much cuts itself in the middle, there's a big time jump, Uh, and it tells two stories, one of which is an adaptation of Red Dragon, and the other which is its own original that, in a lot of ways, wraps up the narrative that had been going for two seasons before that, but that's continued into the last half. Um, Hannibal's, it it really is so good. It's hard to talk about without spoiling, just because there's so many characters, but it is the characters, the 100%. Uh, Mads Mikkelsen as Hannibal Lecter. Hugh Dancy as Will Graham. Uh, Lawrence Fishburne, um, Gillian Anderson, yes. Carolyn Davernis. There's just so many that's, great performances on that show. That's one of those shows, like when I was talking about Mr. Robot being like, uh, de- you know, depressing and very realistic and a lot of bad shit happens and so it's like hard to watch. Hannibal, you can smile while you watch it even yeah. as the horror oh, everything's, yeah. everything's It's actually so beautiful. The cinematography the and the set yes. dressing yeah. and the music. And the music. It, it, just hanging out with these characters are so charismatic. Yeah, you yeah. wouldn't want to, probably wouldn't want to hang out with them in real life because I'm pretty sure Hannibal would eat most of us. <laughs> but, and while it is sad for Hannibal fans to see it go, the fact that Brian Fuller is going on to adapt one of my favorite novels, American Gods, for TV, mm-hmm. has me beyond excited. I mean, he's and, cool with Hannibal Ending for that reason. Yeah. So, like, that alone is... Yeah. Well, that and the fact that, really, more than the first or second season, it ends on a definitive finale feeling. I mean, there are ways to continue the story. He's always said he would like to do Silence of the Lambs and be able to introduce Clarice. There were always legal reasons why he couldn't introduce Clarice. Um, and... You know, if it did continue, it could. There's a, there's a, there's been talk about Showtime possibly maybe one day doing a mini series for him yeah. to do that. But if it never happens, season three of Hannibal finishes the story in a it beautiful does, way. It, it does end really well. There's yeah. no there's no unfinished feeling at all. No, no, it, no it's a beautiful ending. That's it's finished. it's a be- it's beautiful. It's really the first half. The the first half could have been the ending if they'd somehow gotten only a six seven episodes order yeah. uh, because it ends really well. Um, it's just, it's great television. I mean, Hannibal so, as a... Start, so, so I was worried that they were going to start up that new whole thing with Red Dragon and, like, not get to do it justice. Well, that I think... That doesn't happen? No. I mean, you gotta remember, Red Dragon has been done as a movie at two hours and done well, so... So you mean it does all of Red Dragon in that season? Yes. Yes. Wow. And it retwists it, it does some cool things, it brings it a very oh, yeah, Hannibal like, the TV show spin. And the actor who plays the Red Dragon, I don't... I can't... Uh, Richard Armitage. Richard, he's... Mm, he's so good. Known for the Hobbit movies. He yes, plays he Thorin, Open yeah. Shield. Mm, yeah. But he is so good as the mm. Red Dragon. You get such a creepy feeling off this oh, dude. Oh, dude, I gotta see this whole thing. Oh. Well, we're watching it. Yeah, so we're, Rich is in the sure. second season. Uh, but as a whole, all three seasons of Hannibal are just phenomenal it, television. Maybe <laughs> it's good it didn't go. I mean, it could never go the community route because it's just such an artistic piece. But a lot of people would have said that after season three of Community, that that show could never fuck up. Well, and it, you know, he had a vision. His original vision was seven seasons. Then he had it down to six. Or, uh, he, he, Brian Fuller always has big visions. I'm sure he'll start talking about uh, Gods and Monsters. That's why American Gods. American, American Gods, That's yeah, why I'm and, curious because it's only one book. So I'm Yeah, but when I wouldn't be surprised. Good, that has a huge cast. Though, doesn't oh, it? it does. Yeah, I know. Trust but me, he starts doing the interview circuit. Well, 
Well, and it's a very intricate mythology. There's a lot you can do with it. But yeah, so. no, trust me. He starts doing that interview circuit, and he, I, if the words, you know, four or more seasons don't start popping out of his mouth, I'd be surprised. Because oh, yeah, yeah. that's Brian Fuller. You can, he, he had the same thing for Pushing Daisies and Wonderfalls. So, mm-hmm. uh, and him. And he started out on Heroes, so, I mean. Yeah. yeah. Well, no, he, he no. Wonder Falls is like two thousand three. Oh, so well, yeah, he's been yeah, yeah, around but, for a while, but but he was wearing yeah. He was, he was also on Heroes. Interesting. Yeah. Okay. Uh, but yeah, Hannibal. Mm. I know it's just it's delicious. Delicious nice. like the meals Hannibal cooks. Nice. Good All right, stuff. Kevin, your number one show of twenty fifteen. My number one was. I'm excited. Its final season was emotionally satisfying. It was hilarious, and it was unforgettable. Parks and Rec. Uh, wow. Because Parks Good and Rec call. was. I mean. Who doesn't love Parks and Rec? It has one of the best ensemble characters. And just looking at back at the scope of it, it started off as it was originally intended to be an office spinoff, and that's why that first season was kind of mediocre. I wouldn't call it bad, but it was... It's pretty know, wonky. It's, it's pretty wonky. bad. It's wonky, yeah. It's bad, yeah. And so and is then, the first season of The it's Office. It's the first season. So. Yeah, I mean, that's the thing. And so and look what The Office turned into. And so, well, just, but just then, what's his name's character? The guy in the cast in the first season? Mark. Oh, no, 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 no. no. The, her, the, the main guy. Oh, um... Uh, the guy Nick who's Offerman? in fucking uh, Guardians of the Galaxy, dude. Chris Pratt. Oh, Chris Pratt. Oh, Chris Pratt. Yeah, yeah. 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 I mean, like, he starts he off as starts like, almost off a totally as a, different character. And he started, he was originally not going to even be a series regular, but then... So many, so good. So many of the characters Andy, are, are so unrecognizable much. in that first yeah. season. Oh, but, I know. But I, after that... I like, didn't mean to cut you off. No, 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 it's all good. But... No, I'm just, you know, the stellar amount, the consistency, the consistency over those last six seasons Michael Sir just poured his heart and soul into that show, and it just comes out so flawlessly. And the finale was just, it made me cry, it made me laugh, it was just a... And uh, the other thing was that um, there were all these fan theories that were like, uh, oh, Ron's gonna die, and Leslie's gonna take over, and all this stuff, and, like, it'll do it in a funny way, like... Don't like, tell me, because I, I, I haven't seen the end, but... So, well, okay, well, that doesn't that happen. Doesn't that doesn't happen, happen. Right, right. yeah, okay. And it was, like, it was just, the way they tied all the loose ends together was perfect, and I especially loved, in season seven, the thing with Andy's little Johnny Karate show, that was just awesome, um, and they devoted an entire episode to that. Um, but I just love yeah, how I had heard that they, they that they had like episodes to, to send off each they did, person. They did. For, yeah, yeah, for even part, the yeah. smallest cast. Even members, it really. Like, um, it was pretty stellar. Even John Ralphio shows up at the finale, and it was just like, and his sister. I was like, yes. I met a dude it, at yeah. Magfest. And he, like, I think I introduced you to him. Maybe I didn't. But he was this guy, and his friend goes, no, 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 no. This guy is John Ralphio. The real John Ralphio. And this guy's like, hey, what's up, man? He does the whole John Ralphio thing. He had, like, the hair. <laughs> he was wearing a suit at MAGFest. It was oh, really that's awesome. Anyway. Yeah. But that character is, like, a lot of people aspire to be that dude. Right, right. Like, that dude's just, like, cool to them in, like, a in like a weird, like, Jewish way. Sure, you know sure. what I mean? Like a, like a, no, <laughs> he shouldn't be, because he's such a knob. But, but he's, but, but, like, they, but they are, <laughs> so is Woody Allen, though. You know? It's, like, oh, yeah. It's kind of like that, I don't know. Anyway. Yeah, no, I know you. But, and that's a show, too, that, like, because the other ones I mentioned were more adult-oriented. That's one that just everyone can enjoy. It's got just such a delightful ensemble of lovable characters, and you just feel like you've grown with them, like, if you watch it for a while. Um, and so, and I just, I could not have asked for a better finale. I'll tell you also, um, the, the writing for, um, uh, who's the main uh, guy that you Michael Sher. No, no, no. Ben Wyatt? No, the guy who's going to get... Oh, I love that character. I know, the guy who's going to get taken over... Um, her boss. Ron. Oh, Nick Offerman. Yeah, Nick Offerman. Yeah, Ron? Ron Swanson. Yeah, I, I kept thinking Ron Burgundy, Ron Burgundy. Uh, it was yeah, fucking me up. No, Ron, Ron Swanson. Swanson. So him, that character is genius. Oh, And he's... I started saying... I mean, he's just genius. Oh, he's awesome. He's just so freaking awesome. And he, he says all kinds of stuff that, like, like people... 
you know, with with a liberal open mind, wouldn't like, but yet they like him anyway. That's what you I'm know saying. What I like, mean? like everyone loves Ron. You know, even though he's saying really uncouth shit a lot. Um, and and that's, like there's one episode in I think season six, and Anne's um has him. Uh, she's uh, observing him like in her doctor's office, and she's like. Um, does your family have any history of mental illness? I have an uncle who does yoga. I know, like, he just says, like, yeah. whatever's on his mind, and it's just fantastic. It's just really cool. It's, it's just very, yeah, it's very yeah. real. The thing that I want to point out, I listened to Nick Offerman's uh, stand-up, like, the yeah, first yeah, half uh-huh. of this year, and I wasn't digging it. That's what I've heard. I've not watched it. I was not digging it, and yeah. I was thinking to myself, boy, you know, because there are some people, comedians, that are really good when matched with really good material, but right, maybe right. aren't the best writers themselves. Sure, sure. And I think he may fall into the category, I'm, I'm, the jury's out. Yeah. But, but for me, but from what I saw, like it just shows I've the magic heard... of the writing of that character. That's the thing. I've not heard great things about Snap either. But oh, the writing was just flawless in that, especially in that last episode. IGN gave it a ten out of ten. I mean, the characterization of that character is just so well done. Yeah. Uh, and then combining it with the anyway, yeah. and the actors on this show got to grow into their roles. Yep. Like like I was saying with uh, Andy, like he wasn't Andy in that uh-huh. first season. I mean, he was, but he wasn't. You know. Yeah. Anyway. So, yeah, favorite show. Thanks. Awesome. Uh, so, for me, the best show of 2015 is uh, Jessica Jones. Okay, really? Yeah, okay. no, that, okay. okay. I understand. I, <laughs> I, I've i seen this show twice now. I watched wow. through it binge style with Kelsey and then again with my girlfriend um, over a couple of weeks. And I just, I want to watch it again still. Mm-hmm. I, I, like, I love that, that character. Um, Kristen Ritter is an actress who I've loved for years and said Breaking Bad, Don't Trust the Bee, once I saw it. Um, She's appeared in other things. She was in Big Eyes last year. But it's always, again, felt like she's someone who needed the right vehicle. Um, And I actually think Don't Trust the Bee did fit her comedic side very well. It just didn't get an audience. Um, But Jessica Jones really is everything she's done before kind of rolled up into a single, very damaged, broken character and seeing the not even the full redemption, I wouldn't call the arc of the season her redemption so much as her reclaiming of who she was and who she could be in the future. Um, it's just it's it's so entertaining to watch. There aren't I don't think it has lulls like Daredevil does at the end. Mm-hmm. Um, just the fact that every couple of episodes feels like a huge climax in the story, and it keeps feeling like big things are happening, um, but also very personal, intimate things that. I, she's very much the show, and yes, it has a great cast. David Tennant as Kilgrave makes for a great villain. Um, Eka Darville as her neighbor does a great job. Uh, I love uh, the girl from The Matrix. Yes, as uh, Jerry. Uh, Trinity, yeah. I love I that remember. role from what I've seen. I've only seen the first three or four episodes of, of Jessica, but I love what I saw. Yeah, and there's just... there's uh, Mike Coulter as Luke Cage has me so excited for his solo oh, dude, series this coming yeah. year. Uh, though I'm, uh, I'm guessing Jul- June, July, if it follows similar production to Daredevil and Jessica Jones did, but we'll see. Uh, and just everything about it has been, I, I was so excited for the series, um, after reading Alias, it lives up to that and improves on some of the flaws with that series. It maybe could have used more individual cases. Um, I do enjoy that aspect of the book a lot because most of the Alias series is her doing cases that are related to the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Well, the Marvel Universe. Mm-hmm. And to have seen a Marvel Cinematic Universe version of that would have been harder. But you, there was probably room to do more things like that. But mm-hmm. the, the arc and its exploration of really things that don't get seen on TV as much. It's very much not... Daredevil, as much as I like it, is very much the Dark Knight arrow yeah, story just told is. with Daredevil and slight variations. Right. Jessica Jones is very unique in the way it really looks at the... I mean, it uses superpowers and Kilgore's mind control and all of its male characters really to look at different forms of male privilege, uh-huh. uh, toxic masculinity, 
and then different female characters and showing those ways and letting each character be their own person as opposed to this has to be the female character that stands for every woman. Oh, um, it just, it, it's it's stellar, stellar in its originality in what it's able to do over the 13 hours and I'm very hopeful it gets a second season but I'm glad to know she'll be back um, one way or another down the road in the MCU. But I'm looking forward to a hopeful second season for that show. I think the re- critical response and the fan response has been good enough that it could so just be a matter of finding that place in the schedule. If you had to guess from everything you've read and seen, what would you guys say uh, was the... Uh, would you say Daredevil probably did better? In probably. Probably. I would just, assume. Just because I feel like it's... It's a little more obviously it's, super yeah. heroic. More recognizable. Yeah, more recognizable. Well, we yeah. know Jessica Jones. There's, there's not even a comic book called Jessica Jones, or at least there's well, like LA yes, Jessica Jones, some, but yeah. but that was like, yeah, I guess there is, but... I don't yeah. think her name's ever been on the... Well, they, they have it on the new printings of Alias. It's like Jessica, Alias Jessica Jones. Mm. But yeah, I, it's, it's just a great show that once again proves just how broad the MCU can be. Yeah. And is just a great prestige drama on its, it's own. It's come so. a long way. Yeah, for me, Jessica Jones um, was was unique and new, and that's a big thing. It was so original in a way. And Hannibal had a lot of original ideas, but um, I just, I love Jessica Jones. So that was my number one. Rich, finish us out. What was your number one show Okay, so I have one small caveat, and that is um, I have one thing that I like to call uh, the show that pro- might have been my number one show this year had I seen it, and that is the second season of Fargo. Um, Fair I enough. Seen, I haven't yeah. seen it yet. First season I finished a week ago. I watched the first half when it was airing, or last year, when it more re- close to when right, it aired. Right, right. The second season, I mean, excuse me, the second half, I just watched. And oh my God, it blew my fucking mind. Uh-huh. Noah Hawley, for being the auteur that wrote that series, is so fucking genius for, for coming up with those characters and that story. That show blows my mind. I'm like 10 years late to this conversation. But boy, is that show amazing! And I heard Fargo Two is even better, so it may well be my favorite show of twenty fifteen. I need to get caught up when all is said and done. Yeah, um, of course I'm a big fan of the movie, but uh, I mean, yeah, Claude Brothers. Oh, dude, yeah. the show's whew. yeah. Whew. Anyway, and what a tough act to to, to follow. Sure. To, 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 I mean, he brought it out of whole cloth. I always talk about my theory of uh, the white white sheet, the white piece of paper mm-hmm. uh, in front of the creative person, and sure. it's like to go from that white sheet of paper to that season of Fargo. Holy fuck. You know, so anyway, um, the, my uh, I mentioned that to uh, because my number one show of the year. It's very early for this show, um, but it's my new favorite show on TV, uh, and that is The Expanse. Oh, okay, I still oh, haven't started yeah, that no, yet. I started but that yet. I forgot that. Holy about shit, that. that show's awesome! I've seen the first three episodes. The fourth has already just aired, and I'm gonna watch that probably tonight. Well, not tonight, with the way we're going. But um, you know, it's just that show is. You know, the minute that you had heard of it, Jordan, you brought it to my attention, and then I and I had, um, and the minute I looked it up, it's literally noir detectives in space, at first, at first glance, and uh, and and that's awesome, and that's about half of the show. The other half is Game of Thrones in space. It's a big, I mean, because you don't noir detectives in space. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So you could do noir detectives in space and like have it be like you know seasons each seasons a case. But what they're doing is like Game of Thrones and the noir detective is like unraveling clues that lead to bigger ideas. And if I if I could have it either way, I might have said I'd rather the, you know, each year is a case or there's cases each, you know, I mean, I just love space cops. Love them. Love sure. them. The Fuse is like my favorite comic of the year pretty much. Well, I don't know if that was this year. No, that would have been last year for that. Anyway, I love The Fuse. One of my favorite series going right now. Maybe my favorite. But this show is literally everything I love about Game of Thrones. Which I'm not fully caught up. I'm almost scared to get caught up because the show's so good. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, it's like I don't want it to be over. I don't know. I'm, I'm weird. 
Um, but but the expanse is the characters are so good, and and they the, what's amazing is they're they're building that story on, on on different fronts. So there's the main character, um, and he's like the detective with the hat. But he's got all of this like intrigue and interest to him, and like you know, in the very first scene, like they pull down to the back of his shirt and they show that he's got like like a fused um, spinal column because he was you know raised uh, in lower gravity, and so like he's always got like a little like feeling. He wants to be like an earther, but he's but he's a belter. He's you know he's somebody who grew up not on earth, so he always feels one down, and that's very much the detective archetype. So mm-hmm. they fit that really well. And then there's Mars, which is like. New thought, there's Earth, which is old thought, and then there's the asteroid belt, which is like caught in between. So it becomes this big political struggle of power games and power shifting and, you know, groups that are trying to, you know, usurp power from other groups and shift the, the focus. So it basically, it's just, it's huge in scope uh, and just amazing. I mean, I tend to like things based on books better than things not based on books, if I had to overall say. Um, and I mean, just the fact that I know that there's six very well received novels in this series, I know it's going good places. Yeah, and, and I just love it. I've it's read, my new favorite show. Yeah, I've read the majority of the first novel. I'm very interested to see it just because um, I'm curious how much of the later books they pull from because a lot of that intrigue I've heard about really isn't in the first book. The first book is just it. The first book just switches between. Um, uh, what's his name? Uh, well, I just I you said I, I, no. I, I forgot it. Miller. Miller. Right? Miller played by Thomas Jane, Jane in the yeah, show. And uh, Holden, who's like a space captain. Uh, the, yeah. the the first book really is just their arcs, and I know there's like a third character, I think an older Indian woman, mm-hmm. who's like a third pillar of this show. So yes. I'm interested to see yes. she, how that well, gets she, integrated. Well, she's, well they, they said that comes from later books. She doesn't even come until the second book. Um, but the idea, they wanted to show you early on that this was not uh, a local thing, but rather that it had global consequences. Yeah, so the first book was just more... Self-contained. Right. I, I can understand that. No, I'm very excited to watch that show. I Reading the book got me more excited. It's just I'd wanted to start it with somebody, and we haven't had the chance to yet. So soon, though, I'd like to start The Expanse. Oh, the show's, the show's just so good. And I've heard a lot of other people say, like, this. I, there's actually one review I saw on Forbes.com that said, this is why The Expanse is going to be better than Battlestar Galactica. Like, that is the kind of buzz this show's getting. That's hyperbolic. That's pretty. That's some intense And he language. said, I've read The Expanse books, and I'm telling you that the show, places this series goes, and the potential that has for this television show, just all that I've heard, all that I've seen, loving to be in that world. There is no world that I would want to be in more right now than that world. And it's been renewed for a second season. I know. So. And I'm really pumped. It was actually, they were already going into writing of the second season uh, before the first season aired, like far before, because that show has another thing that's amazing about the show is the production values. Yeah, it's yeah, yeah. fucking stellar. It is like space explosions and just gorgeous. Like it's cinema quality. You know, it's uh, it's the capstone in the 2015 sci-fi promise to return to hard sci-fi. Right, and um, boy is it a capstone. Um, so it's a little premature to say, but I, I know it's my favorite new show. You know, I'm sure, so. we'll be talking about it again next year. Then, oh Sweet. yeah, oh yeah, definitely. All right, awesome. Well, so that's TV. Uh, for Woo! you guys, you'll probably have a couple days. We are going to get the second episode to you soon. But for now, we're very excited to have Talk TV. TV is a big part, I think, for everybody here. I mean, TV for me has become more important than movies recently. I lo- Although this year was a really good movie year in some ways. Um, and, and in some ways okay, not. <laughs> well, yeah, that, no, that's fine. But for me, I saw a lot of stuff I liked this year, mm-hmm. film-wise. Um, and so, but but still, TV is much more uh, close to my heart lately, just because the auteur nature of television lately. Certainly, it really lets showrunners like just create. So. Awesome. Uh, well, take us home. All right. Well, this has been uh, the Joy of Geek um, Best of Television 2015. 
Uh, I'm Rich Lepore. Jordan Alseca. Kevin Schaefer. Kelsey Lair. And we'll be back with another podcast about another 2015 list very soon.